Damian Lillard win the three-point contest and the All-Star Game MVP. How would you describe just his confidence right now in a Bucks uniform? He's hooping. <laughs> He's just hooping. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. So, Kalen Clark announced, was it yesterday? Maybe the day before? Maybe it was this morning. My timeline is a little off on this, but she announced that she's leaving college. She's going to enter the WNBA draft, right? So, she's leaving Iowa, I believe, with a year of eligibility remaining. I think she has a COVID year left all the way from 2020. It's funny, like, the impacts we're still having from COVID, you know, four years later. Uh, I suppose a lot of impacts. I'm saying sports. Sports impacts that we're still having four years later. So she's going to the WNBA. Some of the takes have been wild. Darren Rovell was getting dragged because he suggested that Caitlin Clark would be taking like a million dollar pay cut because she's making almost a million dollars in endorsements. And when I say almost a million dollars, it's like seven to eight hundred thousand, three quarter of a million, somewhere in there. She's making a ton of money on endorsements. And Darren Rovell tweeted like, well, she's giving up all this money like she can't you know, also get endorsements as a pro that that opportunity is not going anywhere. Darren L as usual. The take that I saw that I circled this morning was Bill Simmons on his podcast saying he's now more into women's college basketball than men's. I could totally understand why someone would feel that way. I could totally understand if, if you have watched more women's college basketball this year than men's, I would not be surprised. Now, we're Badgers fans, or maybe you're a Marquette fan, or maybe you went to one of these Big Ten schools and you follow it closely, right? Maybe then. Like, I watch every Badger basketball game because I'm a Badger fan. We talk about them on the show. But if you are someone that just kind of waits for March Madness, fills out the brackets, and, and that's, your, that's your involvement in college basketball, yeah, you probably have watched more women's. You probably watched more Caitlin Clark than anything else because there's no elite teams in college basketball this year except for maybe UConn. But can you tell me the name of a player on UConn? Now, maybe if you're a Marquette fan and you're familiar with the Big East, then you can tell me a name, but there are no powerhouses. There are no villains, right? There are no big name stars. Like, who's the best player in college basketball? Who's the number one overall pick, number two overall pick? Gone are the days of... Carl Anthony Towns at the top of the draft or Duke, you know, having a really, really stacked roster. College basketball has been weird. Men's college basketball has been weird. It's hard to get anything to grab onto. So if you're just casually consuming college basketball and you don't have a team, you don't have a dog in the fight. Totally. Yeah. I bet there's a lot of people that because of Caitlin Clark have watched more women's college basketball this year than men's. Now that might change when the tournament rolls around. Although I would imagine people are going to continue to watch Caitlin Clark and you know, the other teams that they've seen throughout the year in the tournament on the women's side, too. Just a really, really interesting college basketball season. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an outstanding day. A great Friday. Never miss a Friday show. Also, fins up. I have to work some Jimmy Buffett into the show. Last night, we talked about religion and conspiracy theories, arrested development, airports, and vacation Bible school. We really hit all those talking points from like 5 o'clock to 5.20. There's a 20-minute window where we completely got lost. The rest of the show I thought was pretty solid. Good conversations about the Combine. We had a really nice chat with Mike Clemens last night for the last half hour of the show. If you missed that, would recommend you go find it in the podcast and 
give that a listen. He's been down there talking to so many GMs and so many players and so many prospects. And what I've realized just by Mike blasting emails my way with comments from this person and that person that everything's connected. The football world is so small. So John Schneider, the Seahawks GM can go to the podium and it loops back to his time with the Packers, which means there's a Brian Gutekinds connection and an Elliot Wolf connection is he's, I guess the de facto GM in new England. Now, I don't know if he has general manager as his title, but he's the one making the moves or he's the face of the group making the moves. We might have to talk about at some point this off season, like establishing our opinion of teams. Cause there's a couple teams in the NFL where it's like, we might need to recalculate and rethink what we think of this team, what we think of this organization. I think the saints are one of those teams. I think the Patriots, the Patriots are teetering on becoming really, really, really irrelevant and really unwatchable depending on how they handle this off season, which is such a, a sea change, obviously, from where they were the last 20 years with Brady and with Belichick, right? And all the star players and, and the players that became stars winning championships repeatedly in New England. And of course, McDaniels and you know, all the coaches that came and went as well. We might have to do that at some point this offseason. Be like, hey, here are four or five teams that we've always thought XYZ of. And we might need to change and think ABC starting this offseason. The Patriots are one, the Saints another. Right. Just something to think about. Maybe we'll do that in a couple of weeks when we get past the combine and we're kind of waiting on the draft. I want to start with the combine tonight. and We'll go from there. See where the show goes. 608-321-1670. I would love to hear from you tonight as well. You can tweet me at Wisco Grant. Caleb Williams spoke to the media today. Now, Caleb Williams isn't throwing. He's not working out at the combine. Most of these guys aren't. They work out at their pro days, which I think is kind of lame. I don't know how the NFL would force players to work out at the combine but if there's a way they should do it because everyone's in the same place we're all paying attention it's all happening this week like let's make it happen what do these players need what kind of coercion is required to get these quarterbacks to throw now the quarterbacks quote-unquote working out tomorrow now Caleb Williams isn't Uh, he's only working out at his pro day it's just lame it's like the same thing in baseball Like, how can we condense free agency into a a time period where we're all paying attention? Right? Like, we have Scott Boris free agents who are still out there. Cody Bellinger just signed his contract. What was that? Saturday afternoon, Sunday. I think it was Sunday morning. I woke up and was like, shoot. Although it was a a one-year pillow contract. It's not entirely. Sorry, three years with three player options. So, a three-year pillow contract. You, You get my point, right? But we have a player like Matt Chapman player like Blake Snell, who are still just hanging out. They're not on a team. Spring training games are being played. We're moving into the season. And I wish that all baseball free agency transactions would go down within a a confined space, a confined window, not to keep costs down. Although as a Brewers fan, I guess that would be a, that would be a nice side effect, but I want all of these baseball transactions and these stories to take place when we're all paying attention. Don't, don't, don't spread them so thin and, and so far and wide to where like, oh, this player signed and then three weeks pass and we've moved on to football and we're talking about this. Oh, yeah, baseball. Look, Blake Snell. Is it, can, we, can we get it all to happen at once? I feel the same way about the combine in these quarterbacks. Like, I know they're going to throw at their pro day. Why not throw at the combine? Why not? Like, we're all there. We're all paying attention. I have a couple of thoughts from Caleb Williams. Uh, here is a question and answer about, uh, what do you think about the bears? 
right? The Bears are the team with the number one overall pick. Caleb Williams is the odds-on favorite to be that number one overall pick. Here are his thoughts on the Bears. But he's mock drafted you to the Bears for a couple months. There's a million photoshops of you in a Bears uniform. Getting to talk to them for the first time here, what's it been like? It was good. Um, it was good. Everybody was, you know, cool. And and, then, um, and that's a, a Gen Z, I guess, kind of kind of word to use. But um, yeah, First of was, all, was- like, I'm not trying to nitpick what Caleb Williams says. In fact, I... I think people are nitpicking his words a little bit too much, which I want to talk about in a few minutes. But is cool a Gen Z word? I feel like that word is... <laughs> if he said, they're, they're pretty groovy. Sorry, that was a baby boomer word. Like, yeah, okay. But cool? I just, I don't know. <laughs> I just laughed at that. I don't really think it means anything. We don't need to nitpick every word that comes out of Caleb Williams' mouth, but I just, I thought that was odd. Word to use, but, um, you know, it was, it was really nice. It was... Um, they were mainly testing me on my mental, you know, seeing you know how I would handle things, and um, you know, putting a putting a play up on the board, and then ten minutes later, fifteen minutes later, asking me to recall it and things like that. So uh, it was good. It was a good meeting. So nothing out of the ordinary, right? Other than like a weird joke about a word that most people use. His thoughts on the Bears directly, not on the idea and the, the meetings with the Bears, but like, hey, if you are drafted to the Bears, what do you what do you think of the team? What do you think of the, the organization, the roster? I mean, the Bears are, was an 8-9 team last year, um, I believe, and 7-10, uh, sorry, and, and um, you know, that's, that's pretty good for a team that has the first pick, um, and, and they got a good defense, um, they got good players on offense, um, and, and, you know, it's, it's pretty exciting, you know, if you could go into a situation like that. I know we poke fun at the Bears, and like Clemens, when he was on with Bill, earlier you know they were joking how the bears still suck and i don't think he's wrong i think they do have a good defense they got lots of good players are they the they're not the best defense in the world but for a stretch of seven or eight games last season they were turning the ball over constantly they're creating headaches for opponents like they're a good defensive team with good personnel maybe not the best personnel but jesus they went under 500 last year and missed the playoffs right of course they're limited but when you compare the bears to the commanders or the Patriots or compare them to the previous five teams with the number one overall pick the bears are an okay spot with an okay roster. In fact, I've said this multiple times. I think Tony in Texas first brought this up a couple weeks ago. I believe that if Caleb Williams or Drake may or Jaden Daniels comes in and plays really well as a rookie, eh, maybe some bad games here and there, but by and large, lots of playmaking, lots of excitement, lots of juice. This bears team could make the playoffs. They have DJ Moore. Their offensive line is improving. Their defense is pretty good last year. I don't love their coach, but I, I don't hate him. I think you kind of know what you're getting with Matt Eberflus. The one thing that I am still thinking about with Caleb Williams, maybe nitpicking a little bit, he didn't always handle losses with grace last year. And there's nothing wrong with shedding a couple of tears or going to hug your mom. I'm not saying that makes him a bad person or a, or a crummy competitor. But you was asked, and well, and you'll hear the question, so I don't need to set this up totally. This is about a 60-second clip, and it's him talking about the, the critics of maybe the way he handled his emotions last year. You've received a lot of crit- or, you know, criticism when you showed your emotion with your parents. Yeah. What would you say to the people that were taking shots at that and, and, and how that made you feel that hearing that criticism? Yeah, there's not many people in the world that get the experience what I experience every, every game day, every practice day. Um, you know, so it kind of goes back to, um, you know, it kind of, it always kind of goes back to that for me. It's, you know, it's something that I only get to experience. Um, it's something that I really care about, um, which is not only winning the game, but 
you know, doing it with my teammates. So every time we lose, I feel like I let my teammates down. You brought um, up Michael Jordan and yeah. being immortalized. Yeah. So first of all, I'm not going to play the rest of this clip. That really, the the fact that another like interviewer jumped in, like that really annoyed. Like he was mid-answer. This is what everyone wants to know about Caleb Williams. Dude, you were crying with your mom after the game. You didn't always do post-game media availability. Like, what's up? Tell us about that. And he was telling about it, and then this guy's like, hey, Michael Jordan's from Chicago. Do you have a, do you have a think about that? The game, but, you know, doing it with my teammates. So every time we lose, I feel like I let my teammates down. You brought um, up Michael Jordan yeah. being immortalized. Like, yeah. I'm going to do that to a caller tonight. I don't know who yet. <laughs> Cone Roller calls in from Phoenix. He's he's ten seconds into a comment about Badgers basketball. Hey, Charles Barkley's from Phoenix. You ever you ever think about Charles Barkley? <laughs> what? It really bothered me. He had more to say. Right, the first half of the answer was really good. The first half, he was like, "Look, all these people that criticize me in the media or fans, they don't understand what the emotions are like on game day. They don't stand what we go through as competitors. Right, the highs and the lows." Right, the all-out spirit of competition every Saturday when we play. So I hear the criticism. Those folks are, are fine to feel that way. But I'm the one out here on the field. Nobody else knows what that's like. So if they knew what that was like, maybe they would have a little bit more empathy. If they'd walked a mile in my shoes or my cleats. <laughs> my cleats. Right, I, that, that, I think he was on his way to a good answer there. But then we got, I don't know, Ed McClinsky from from Cicero, who's got a, hey, Michael Jordan's from Chicago. Do you do you use him as a wall model? God. There was one, and oh, I, I don't have this audio here in front of me. There was a, a clip that went viral today from the Combine because someone was, like, really intent on asking the first question to Caleb Williams. Apparently, where's this clip? And, like, some of these people who are asking, some of these people who are asking questions at the combine. It's like, man, I don't know. Somebody asked him, it's like, are you afraid to, to compete? You're not working out. You're not testing here. Are you, are you, are you afraid to compete with your, your contemporaries? And Caleb Williams like, no, I just want to throw my pro day, which is his right. Like they should be able to work out at their pro day, right? At USC or in the case of Drake may like at UNC or maybe, you know, do it at your hometown high school, wherever, man, it's a, it's a chance for you to showcase your ability for scouts and for teams that might be interested in drafting you. I totally get that. But also like we're all at the combine and we're all hot and bothered for football and we're all jazzed up for the upcoming draft. Like, can't you, I don't know. Can't you throw us a bone a little bit? Here is the, uh, the clip, by the way, I, I found it. This is from Dustin Lutke who's the content director for Dynasty Pros FF, fantasy football, something like this. I don't know. He's got 7,000 followers. He also follows 5,000 people, so whatever. This is as Caleb Williams is walking to the podium today. So you're going to hear the guy who asks the first question. He's the guy recording and then blasted this all over Twitter. He's like, look at me. I ask a, qu- I ask a question. Listen to this. So he's walking up to the podium. Not there yet. Morning, Caleb, are you afraid morning, to compete? Everybody. Are you afraid to compete? How do you respond to people say that you're worried to be compared side by side with your peers in medicals, measurements, and workouts? Are you afraid to be measured against those guys one on one? Is that why you're not doing things? No, uh, not doing things. Uh, it was a decision by me and my team, my family, um, and it comes down to that. That is so bizarre. Also, I said I wasn't going to nitpick the words of Caleb Williams. Also, don't just say it was a decision I made with my family. Well, can I just can I just say that for anything? 
That's just a that's just such a cure all anytime someone's questioned on something. Anytime you make a choice, time you make a decision. Craig Council, why did you go to the Cubs? Well, I talked it over with my family. Oh, you mean your son Jack, who we all cheered for as an entire state in the state baseball tournament because we love you and your family so much or loved you and your family so much? Oh yeah, we know. Craig, we know all about your family. Probably know him better than you do. You're going to spend most of your time in Chicago this year. Oh, but it's right next door. Quick drive. Whatever. Caleb Williams. A decision I made with my family. Here's my take on Caleb Williams. I listened to all the audio today, the questions, the answers. I feel like he's mostly fine, right? I think there's some questions about how he handles losing. And with this generation, (laughs) who do I sound like? With this generation, like in AAU and in high-level college football, high school football, a player like Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray didn't lose any games in high school. He barely lost any games in college, right? He was the number one recruit, the number one athlete on the number one team. Caleb Williams, much of the same. These guys aren't used to losing. Okay, they're not used to playing at a normal high school where you got to drive two hours up to Superior to play on a cold Friday night and maybe lose. Like, these players have all been at this point in, in professional sports because High school football, uh, even youth sports to a degree, and I mentioned AAU falls under this umbrella too. It's been professionalized to a degree. And these best athletes, these tip-top athletes are isolated so early on and they put on the best teams with the best coaches so they win all the games. And they don't always handle losing very well. And I texted our friend Ben Kenny, whose opinions on college football I I listen to and and like as much as anyone in media. Uh, I said, what do you think of Caleb? Like, you know, we were talking about it on Bill's show. I'm like, I thought it was mostly fine. Like, he seems like a genuine enough guy, answered honestly. And Ben was like, I just worry about how he handles losing. Right? There's there's a lot to learn when you pay attention to how someone acts in, in moments of loss or in moments of failure. And that's kind of where Caleb Williams didn't do so hot. It's where Kyler Murray doesn't do so hot either. Uh, Kyler Murray, all the talent in the world. Caleb Williams, all the talent in the world. That's really my only... That's my only fear with Caleb Williams. It's like, hey, if it doesn't go awesome right away, how does he handle it? How does he work through it with his coaches and his teammates? That would really be my only concern. I thought most, mostly today Caleb Williams' answers were fine. Just run-of-the-mill quarterback. And honestly, probably good for Caleb Williams to get in front of a camera and to speak because we've been talking about him as an idea for weeks and to put a face and a voice with all of these takes and all of these thoughts that we've been having in preparation for the draft, I think it's productive for him, totally. I think for the most part, he did a fine job. Worry about some of the, you know, handling adversity things, which is important, but for the most part, I think it's fine. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll continue the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Fins up. It's Friday. Happy Friday. You can hit me on Twitter at any point during the show or honestly anytime, anywhere. At Wisco Grant. I'm normally on Twitter. It's a bit of a problem. You can call the show if you'd like. 608-321-1670. Began the show by recapping what I thought was the biggest story of the day. That was Caleb Williams taking questions from the media. I thought for the most part he presented himself really well and I think just speaking in front of a microphone, looking reporters in the eyes, smiling, just being a human being and existing 
was huge for him because it's been a long time since we've seen him play. It's not like his team was red hot at the end of the season. It's not like they were in a huge bowl or the college football playoff. So we have been discussing Caleb Williams as an idea for two or three months, right? And when Caleb Williams goes to the podium at the combine today, we have a face, we have a voice, we have a human being and not an idea. We've been talking about Caleb, but well, you know, USC underperformed and yeah, he was kind of a little whiny baby at times. And, and for him to just be present and to exist and to allow us to engage with him and to think about him as a human, I think is really going to help him. You know, in pro football talk, Florio tweeted earlier today, met with Caleb Williams. The Bears got a good one. Hall of Fame type player. So I, I just think him coming and no doubt he's been prepared and coached on kind of how to act and what to say. But just to make an appearance, we've been talking about him as an idea, as a, as a as a as a draft prospect, as a name, not really as a human. So I think for Caleb Williams purposes, it really, really helps him to to be present at the podium. Right. I still have some concerns, but for the most part, I thought he, he acquitted himself pretty nicely. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Clemhead, Mike. Hey, Clemhead. I thought maybe you would be the first caller today. Happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday, Grant. I'm just excited for you to go to uh, Arizona. Hey, and you know what? If it's warmer here than it is in Arizona, you owe us all a beer. So. That, that's, always, that's always how it goes down. Is Anytime I've ever gone to Arizona in March, it's probably... Six times in my lifetime, probably five, six times I've gone to Arizona in March. It's a very Wisconsin thing. And it feels like half of the times I've gone, it's been warmer here. And then you come back that second weekend and that's when it gets cold in Wisconsin. I just feel like that's typically how it goes. That's most people's experience. Mother Nature, yeah. Mother Nature hates you, Grant. Just, to, just yeah. acknowledge that. Well, you sound better, by the way. Sounds like I, I don't know if you believe in higher power, but somebody's looking out for you. You feeling any better? Well, yeah, I, I guess so. I, I, my pink eyes going away and uh I'm still coughing just as much, but uh, there's a little, little, I mean, little spaces in between where I get to relax and breathe. Nice. So, um, yeah, I was, I was thinking that um, Caleb Williams reminds me of the remember the Ball family, like what, Lorenzo Ball and all those guys, where the dad was just this total dominating tyrant. Yeah, I wonder if the Williams family is sort of like that. So I wonder if they got their fingers, and I wonder if they got their, you know, their hand on this situation where they're not letting him do anything because. I heard they're going, to, they're going to be kind of his team. Well, he doesn't have an agent. Kalen Kaler wrote a story on this, if not yesterday, the day before, and and that's kind of throwing a wrench in the wheel because, you know, there's there's a protocol, Mike. The, this person at each franchise reaches out to representation, and there's, you know, it's, it's kind of this process that's been perfected over the years. But without an agent, all that kind of goes out the window. So I think that's thrown a lot of teams for a loop. I, I think that his parents could – uh, ruin his career. I I just have a bad feeling. This, whenever parents butt in like this, they should just get back out. And when he gets, you know, when he gets his big money, they can buy him a mansion. That he can buy them a mansion. There you and go. Any Bentleys they want, just let them let the let the process work. Yeah. Um, but I oh I just want I wanted to correct my my drug addled um, statements from yesterday. It wasn't Dick Durbin Airport. It was John Murtha oh. Airport in in Pennsylvania. It's, I Wait, found it right away. John Murth is from, he's a Wisconsin guy, right? No, uh, Pits, uh, Pennsylvania. This airport, this this article I found was an ABC News website. It's, uh, oh, you're right. The airport, the airport, the airport for nobody. They were kind of making fun of the bridge of nowhere, the airport for nobody. It's, uh, this was 2009, so it's, 
this huge airport. It can land any plane in the United States. Uh, it keeps getting federal st- stimulus money every year. Um, it's got his face, a big giant picture of him on one side of the entryway and a big plaque on the other side with his name on it. And it, it, it gets used three times a day and average 20 people a day. And um, it gets enough federal stimulus money if they actually built another runway, even though it only handles three flights a day. Every flight goes to Dulles International Airport in uh, Washington, D.C. So it's uh, I knew Mirtha, not Durban. That's where my confusion came in. So well, now I'm now I have okay. Now I yep, you are correct. I'm looking at the airport now. See, this is this is fascinating. I, I thought you'd like stuff like this, but maybe there was another. Uh, purpose to the airport other than just just another pork barrel project for the first senator. uh, No, that's not it at all. Well, I appreciate that. Well, now I have another senator and another weird airport to look into. I appreciate you, Mike. I got to get to spoilers. You have a good weekend, okay? You you too, Grant. Thanks. Bye. Have a good one. That's Clumhead Mike. I'm not nuts. There's a John Murtha from Wisconsin, too, right? Like, not along if you're listening right now. I swear to God, I met him. We took, I remember, it was fifth or sixth grade. I said, St. Joe's Elementary, we took a trip to the state capitol, and I shook a man's hand who gave us the tour. I swear to God, his name was John Murtha. I need to Google this. First, I'm going to take another call. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hey, Grant. Happy Fins Up Friday, buddy. Hey, Big Ron. How's it going? Happy Friday. It's going good, man. Um, I got some comments on some of the topics you've been talking about. Yeah. Um, first of all, Caleb Williams. Now, Flor- you said Florio said the Bears have a good one in him. Like, the Bears haven't decided that they're going to draft him yet, have they? No, uh, but I, I I think Florio's just assuming, which you know what they say about assumptions. I don't respect assumptions, as Drake once said, um, but I, I think he's just assuming. Okay, okay. Well, I'm really looking forward to looking for – I'm really looking forward to this NFL draft because – you know, it's like the Packers with with drafting quarterbacks can can do no wrong, and uh, you know, not only Favre, Rogers, Love, but some of the backups. You know, Ron Wolf drafted over the years, Mark Brunel and Ty yeah. Detmer, and um, oh, I forget the other guy that went to New Orleans and started. Uh, I his name. No, um, African American player can't remember his name. Started for New Orleans Saints. I, I mean, Ron Wolf was great at drafting backups for Favre and then flipping them tr- to other teams, you know, for players. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so so I, but so the Packers can do no wrong and the Bears can do no right. It just whatever they do, what whatever they choose, whatever they choose, Caleb Williams, or if they choose um, Justin Fields, you know, they're they're going to screw it up. It was Aaron Brooks, um, by the way, not to interrupt you, but now we, now we can move along. Yeah. This is what I said yesterday, Big Ron, on. and this is why this is why the Bears, this is why their situation sucks right here, is because not only are they competing with New England and uh, Washington and uh, you know teams farther down that might want a quarterback like Denver and Atlanta and Minnesota, they're contending against all of the other quarterback hungry teams in this draft, but they're also dealing with the pressure of all of their draft failures throughout the last couple decades, right? So there's pressure for them to get it right. So they end up with the best quarterback in this draft, but there's also extra pressure on them because we have this litany of picks that they've made that have been wrong in the past. So it's almost like they're competing against their own bad history of making picks like this. 
Exactly. Whatever they do, it's get, they're going to screw it up, and I'm just going to it's going to be like a train wreck, and I'm going to love watching it. The other topic I want you mentioned that I wanted to comment on is the the, the the young lady from Iowa. Is her name Caitlin Clark? Yeah. I am more. I have not seen her play. I've seen some highlights, but I am really excited. I've never I've never been this excited to see a female athlete perform uh, before. But she's going to play Ohio State Sunday at uh, noon Central. I'm going to be all over that game. Um, really pumped up. A lot of people have um, watched more. When people say they've watched more women's basketball than men's basketball this year, that probably means they've only watched two or three games and they were Caitlin Clark games, right? They're probably not grinding yeah. women's basketball every night, but they've chimed in here and there. And that's more than, you know, a lot of people can say about men's college basketball this year, unless you have a team you very specifically follow or you bet a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I just appreciate greatness and dominance. And Hell she's a yeah. dominant player, you know. And like, I mean, you know me. I, I'm 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 drunk, Maddie Arnold on Twitter. I sign off my tweets with F the Cubs. I hate Chicago sports, um, but uh, I was a Michael Jordan fan because he was dominant and he was greatness. And that's the only Chicago athlete I've ever cheered for. Although maybe maybe Walter Payton back in the day too. But um, so, so I'll sign off. Before I sign off, I, I got a top six list for you in honor of uh, Fins Up Friday. Okay. A top six top, in honor of Fins Up Go. Yep. Hit me. Yep. Hit me. The top six Jimmy Buffett costumes to wear to a Jimmy Buffett concert. And, uh, and now I guess you'd have to wear them to a Coral Reefer concert. Sure. Okay. To, to number number six. Hit me. Number six is the classic Hawaiian T-shirt or Hawaiian shirt and yeah. a lay. Yep. Yeah. Number okay. five, cheeseburger. Okay. Yeah. Number six, dress up as a shark. Oh, I like that. No, that was number four. Number three is the classic parrot head. Love. You know, the parrot head hat. Mm-hmm. And then I think number two is like an elaborate pirate, you know, like something oh. like Johnny Depp out of Pirates out of the Caribbean with Love the makeup that. and all that stuff. Yeah. And then number number two or number one. It's the coconut bra. Oh, men and women? Yes, men and women. Men wearing the coconut bra is still number one. God, I wish we could have attended a Jimmy Buffett concert together, Big Ron. Damn it. Yeah, well, we might be able to attend a Coral Reefer. Coral Reefers are playing Jazz Fest in New Orleans, and there's rumors, there's debate. It's not announced, but there's rumors they're going to do a summer tour. I would go. And if they do a summer tour and they play Alpine, We'll, 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 it'll be, uh, we'll, we'll go. All right. So you're out in Jersey, you're traveling, but if you, if you commit to going to that show, I will go with you. All right. All right. All right. A little verbal agreement on air on the record. Yeah. And maybe we could get the Bill Michaels cruiser, man, and park in the RV line. (laughs) I'll I'll ask, you know what? I'll ask him. Son of a bitch. I'll send him a text. I'll ask him. (laughs) I got to run. I got to get one more caller and fins up big Ron. All right, fins up, buddy. Take care. Take care. Big Ron in Jersey uh, might have just made informal plans to hit up Alpine this summer. All right, one more call, then we'll take our break. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Denny from home. Denny from what? Now, Denny, here's the thing. You were probably paying attention to what Caleb Williams said today, and, and you're not going to get – you're, you're going to be uh, brutally honest with what you heard and what you see. What, what did you see and what did you hear when I played those comments? To be honest with you, it's just like that he's hiding something, mm. you know? I mean, we we just haven't heard that much from this guy. Yeah. And he's probably, just like you said, dictated 
by someone like an agent or whatever on how to speak and what to say and what not to say. Of course. You know, I, I think so. I wanted to say uh, that uh, this weekend, hopefully the Badgers can clinch on Saturday night at home. That'd be great. Hockey. I don't think that's happened since yep. 1990. Yeah. And also, if we could say a little prayer, little divine intervention probably wouldn't hurt the Badger basketball <sighs> team Saturday. We might need divine because... intervention from from Allah, from from God. I'm not totally sure how or who the Jews Buddha. worship, but, but Buddha, good one. Buddha. Yep, we'll take Buddha too. We'll take all of them, all. Yes, any and all. I, all of them. Because, you know, there's so many people, uh, I don't know if their eyes are just colored roses or what, but I really don't think the Badgers are going to win Saturday. You know what's weird is Mr. Glass Half Empty himself, Zach Heilprin, has been saying, he was saying last night on Temple and Heilprin, he was telling Ebo this morning, and he told Bill yesterday, he's actually feeling good about the Badgers' chances against Illinois. Now, it is at home, and they're doing a celebration for Howard Moore, and maybe right. the maybe the environment at the Kohl Center. I, I just I don't know how you have the confidence left to pick this team really in any matchup at any time after what we've seen over the last month, Denny. Right, and I had a, another thing I wanted to ask you is, how many Badgers, after the year's done, how many do you think are going to enter that portal if guard's still going to be the coach? I don't, I don't think that many. I, everyone always, we, we always want to freak out about the portal. I, I think it'll be fine. I, I, I would be shocked if... You don't think if, Blackwell will leave? Why would Blackwell leave? He's having an awesome year. I don't know. I don't know if, if uh, guard is using him the right way all the time, though. I... I don't know. Everyone's you know? All, everyone's always scared that people are going to transfer. Like maybe one guy, maybe maybe a guy or two at the end of the bench. They're not really playing. Do you think Isaac Gard will transfer? <laughs> that'd be <laughs> that'd be funny. Oh, the coach is a jerk. Won't play me. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I, you know, I heard a really good interview yesterday from uh, Patino's kid who coached uh, <laughs> okay. Minnesota for eight years. Oh yeah 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 yeah, he, yeah. Richard. Yeah yeah, and I he think. really was honest and everything. He thought. You know, he missed the Big Ten. He thought it was a good conference and everything. But he also stole one of Minnesota's players when he left, too, you know, and they went to to be with him coaching and stuff. And uh, he's having a really, really good time. And, and uh, the change was good for him, and it was good for the Minnesota fans, he thought, as well. So I don't know if something like that will come with guard. But, I mean, you, we have to be realistic about this. If this team goes down again, at the end of the year, McIntosh has got to do something because those seats have to be full, and I don't know if they'd be full if he's if he's the number one guy again. I'm not sure, and Denny, I, I got to move along. You have an awesome weekend. Fins up, okay, friend. I um, I I don't know. Here here's what I here's what I do know. I'll tell you what I do know. Let's let's move from there. What I know for sure is that Greg Gard has not been doing a good enough job over the last month, okay? His team's in free fall, and he seemingly doesn't have the answers to pulling the team out of that free fall. Lost to Michigan, to Rutgers, to Iowa, to Indiana. Those are four of the worst teams in the Big Ten. And I understand some of those games are on the road. Okay, okay. You got to be able to win a road game every once in a while. Again, if you if you go two and four in those games, all right, sure. You went zero and four. You know what I mean? I understand you can't win. I'm reasonable. You're not going to win every single game. You got to win some of them. 
So I, I know with 100% certainty that Greg Gard has not done a good enough job over the course of the last month. I don't know what that means for him moving forward. I don't know what that means for the program moving forward. We're going to make the tournament. You hope for a good showing in the conference tournament first, maybe build some momentum and some excitement after some of the air went out of the balloon over the last month after a really, really good uh, December and January. Uh, but I don't know big picture what this means, and I don't know what Chris McIntosh thinks about all this. There's so many Badgers fans that are are so sure. Well, if they don't go on a run, he's going to lose it. I, mm, I don't know that that's true. I, I would wager that it's that that's not true. But I don't know. I just know that he's not doing a good enough job right now. And he's got to be better if this team's going to win more games and go anywhere in March and beyond. Although today's March 1st. Jesus, March already. 608-321-1670. Let's take a five-minute break. Wisco Sports Show back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show, some Packers news, a little scoop from Tom Silverstein and the Journal Sentinel. We'll get to that at 5 o'clock. Take some more calls. I'm going to talk Brewers a couple of minutes and the absolute show that Brewers Twitter is putting on right now. And if you're not on Twitter, maybe you get your news on Facebook. Go like the Facebook page, the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. It's very easy to find. Throw it a like. I don't post on there a ton, but I'm getting better at posting on it Uh, and I've said that pretty consistently for the last few years and for the last few years it hasn't been true but right now I ever since the Super Bowl kind of got the ball rolling and I'm gonna keep the ball rolling and I've been posting on there I posted a ton of pictures from Twitter Brewers Twitter is just eating with this meme or this picture of Craig Council doing a fist bump in the dugout Uh, look it's I guess it's not unbelievable. It's pretty inspirational how the smallest market in professional sports and one of the smallest fan bases in professional sports has rallied together to cyberbully a man based on one picture in one spring training game that barely featured him. Like if you watched the Bally Sports Wisconsin broadcast on Tuesday when the Bruce played the Cubs, Vinny Rotino, Rock, Jeff Levering, they didn't really talk about counsel. It's almost like they made a conscientious effort not to talk about him earlier this week, as if to say, like, we're not we're not going there. We're not making it a part of the broadcast. We're just going to say, hey, there's you know old friend Craig Council at the lineup exchange, and, you know, here's the first pitch. And we're underway. He's moved on. Um, it's pretty inspirational. You know, in, in today's day and age, in this country especially, we're so divided we can't agree on anything. And also, like, I kind of believe that that's been true for a long time. Like, I don't think America has ever really been in lockstep about much. I mean, you could say, like, I guess the Ronald Reagan, Walter Mondale election. Like, we all we all loved Reagan, except for Minnesota. Because they're like, we'll, we'll be the one state to vote for him. Okay, we'll, we'll throw him a bone. Um, so I guess, like, politically, if you're just thinking of presidential elections, like, there there have been uh, periods of American history where we were more aligned. Maybe post 9-11, you know, we could debate, you know, the positives and negatives of that. Not, not my point. My point is, I think for most of this country's history, there's been a lot of natural discord between the right and the left, 
between those who hold this opinion and that opinion. Like, that's how our country is designed. Let's be honest, right? Is to have multiple political parties, uh, checks and balances in government. Like, this country is supposed to function when we're not agreeing on things. And I think for the most part, like if you go back through history, we've always disagreed on things. That's kind of how our country works. Uh, I mean, Jesus, we fought a war over it. Uh, we always disagree. But I think now it's more magnified. There, there used to be like this quiet confidence with political affiliation. Like when I was young, like yeah, people would put election signs in their yard and and bumper stickers, but like we didn't really feel we didn't really feel the need to blast our opinions everywhere. We could just kind of keep it to ourselves for the most part. It was fine. And I think in 2023, 2024, and and maybe this is a product of the 2020 election. Like we just got really nuts. Like we, we're we're just blasting our opinions everywhere. We're fighting. We're arguing. We don't agree on much in today's society in this country but it has been really cool and inspirational over the last 24 hours to see all of brewers twitter the right the left men uh women genderless burner accounts all joining together and locking elbows and saying f that guy he sucks it's been pretty cool to watch everyone rally together to absolutely blast craig council on the internet and look I see the tweets from Cubs fans are like, oh, real classy. Yeah, Brewers fans, that's real classy. Oh, you're victim blaming now? You're going to victim blame us? We're the victims here. He left us at the altar. The Brewers negotiated or played out that contract in good faith, and he spit in their faces. He spit in our faces as Brewers fans. You're going to, oh, it's our fault? You're going to victim blame? That's real. Speaking of classy Cubs fans, I just, I, whatever. I guess I if you haven't checked out the memes, go check out the memes. The Journal Sentinel wrote a story on it today, the, the memes. I mean, it's trending. The United States trending list on Twitter, Craig Council was like three today. That's how many people were tweeting about how much Craig Council sucks. I would recommend that this season Craig Council does not go on the internet, except for maybe on fan graphs, because I'm still not entirely sure he understands reverse splits. 608-321-1670. Time for a quick call before we take our last break of the hour. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Uh, it's Darnell. Hey, Darnell, what's up? Hey, um, I had to get in on the Craig Council memes. I'm not going to like pretend that mine was all that great, but it was it was really great to see that today. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, but it was pretty great, and I'm like, hell yeah! But it, no, you, you are you are correct, and I agree. Like thousands of people from the lakefront to the riverfront just joining together to blast him on Twitter. It was great. When you know to. To kind of pair it yesterday, we were talking religion. Uh, Craig Council is Judas, yeah. right? Yeah. He's Judas Iscariot. Yeah. And what are, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to be Jesus and, like, forgive him? No. Jesus is perfect, and we are sinful humans. We're not just going to forgive him for his transgressions. Yeah. Like, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey. it's... Hey, 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 Craig, Jesus might love you, but the rest of us think you absolutely blow. Okay, just to make that abundantly clear. Jesus loves you, but that's about it. Craig Council, he sold the Brewers for 30 pieces of silver or whatever. You know, he, he got <laughs> yeah. 30 extra pieces of silver from the Cubs. Yeah. And and now he just leaves the Brewers out to dry. But you know what? We're okay. We got Ricky Weeks as an associate or an assistant I think manager. Like, I, think it, I think it's associate. I think you had it right the first time. Associate. It doesn't roll okay. off the tongue, but I, I think that was correct, yeah. 
assistant to the manager, right? yeah, assistant yeah. to the regional manager. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's it, it was it was great to see the guy. The guy sucks, <laughs> and he's been nothing but annoying since he left. He's made right. it worse. He's made it worse than he's needed. To. Like he doesn't need to take parting shots at the Brewers talking about how, where do the Cubs play Mesa? He's like, Oh, you know, you're at a different place here. It's like, you didn't need yeah, to do that, Craig. You didn't need to do we're, that. We're at, a, we're at a different place here. You can tell day one, people actually show up. It's like, shut up. Like yeah. the, the Brewers are in the top, the top five, top 10 of attendance every single year. And that's what you're going to do. Like, well, well, especially if it's contextualized with market size, which I mean, even if you don't contextualize Milwaukee with market size, they still do great with, attendance yeah like take take the per capita out there or out of that right that was a big twitter thing this this week yeah, yeah but yeah. you take take per capita out of there and we're still at the top we're still close to the top so really none, nothing he's been saying has any merit and it's it's just frustrating to see so it's, it's good to see the guy get dragged a little bit as he as he should be so. i think it's i think it's only going to get worse darnell i gotta take a break it was nice to hear from you have a great weekend friend okay outstanding yeah, miss, calls recently never miss a friday show right never thank you darnell never have a good weekend guy uh yeah religion for the second day in a row let's take our break we'll wrap up hour one of the wisco sports show next this is the wisco sports show with grant bills on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Sports show, fun show so far. I didn't mean to go off the rails on Craig Council, but it's just whatever. I'll just—I've said all that needs to be said. We can move along. Uh, coming up here in three minutes when we come back after Zach's update. A little bit of Packers news today. Not expected news. Not totally earth-shattering, but uh, some details that Tom Silverstein's reporting about Aaron Jones, the Journal Sentinel. Right, I'm, I'm watching a little video recap he did with J.R. Radcliffe. They're both down in Indianapolis. I guess the financial situation is not all hunky-dory. Like, they have some work to do with Aaron Jones. Let's talk about that next. Wisco Sports Show, Hour 2, coming up. Damian Lillard win the three-point contest and the All-Star Game MVP. How would you describe just his confidence right now in a Bucks uniform? He's hooping. <laughs> He's just hooping. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. can't play this audio on air because there's a swear word i wish i could my favorite video <laughs> my favorite video that i've seen on twitter in so long and i retweeted it at wisco grant i swear if you're on twitter take 60 seconds and go watch this clip awful announcing posted it i guess espn chicago uh, what show waddle and sylvie I'm not sure. They had Courtney Cronin on, who used to cover the Vikings. Now she covers the Bears, ESPN. She's at the Combine, and she was she was doing a hit with ESPN Chicago and only made it about 15 seconds. She had an echo in her ear, 
And she literally goes on air. She goes, all right, F this. And takes the headphones off. If a guest ever, I don't know how I'd react if a guest ever did that to me. First of all, though, I would never put a guest in that situation. Because technically, and I, and I, I mean literally, technically, technologically, I would never allow such a thing to happen. She also looks pissed. I think she must have been sitting on hold for a while while they're, while they're playing like, like radio shock jock imaging and she's just waiting there looking pissed. I know that this is a small percentage of you. I swear if you have 60 seconds of free time tonight, it's on awful announcing or just look up Courtney Cronin, like go, go find this clip. I retweeted. It's one of the funniest things I've seen in so long. This is the Wisco sports show. My name is Grant Bills and I'd play the audio, but there's a swear word. Well, actually I can play you some of it before she cuts out. This is what it sounds like. Uh, you can hear the echo here. Listen to this. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Let's go, Mike. Don't worry, call the car Good morning to you, Courtney. How are you? So first of all, <laughs> don't make a guest sit through. Don't don't make a guest sit through dumb shock jock stuff. Listen, listen to the echo. She's How are you guys with. doing? We're doing great. Thank you very much. Uh, we were able to play some of the uh, sound from Caleb Williams in his press conference at uh, Indianapolis. What did you glean from his the conversation? I mean, he's incredibly confident, right? You guys took that as much as we... So I'm going to cut it off before she goes, F this, and takes her headset off and disconnects call. God, that's funny. Yes, that rips so hard. And everyone's on Twitter like, how unprofessional. I, man, I don't know. Every once in a while, someone needs to swear on the radio just to wake everyone up a little bit. So, oh, she can't say that. Now... I can't be the one to swear, and if you if you call in and swear, first of all, I have a dump button, so don't get any ideas, but, oh, that's just hilarious. When an F-bomb slips through on, like, national television, or that's just good, clean fun. I don't know how to transition into this next topic, so let's just jump into it. A little bit of Packers news from Tom Silverstein today, the Journal Sentinel. It's a very short little story in the Journal Sentinel. I'm going to read you the first two paragraphs, and uh, and we can discuss, we can talk about it. All right. Green Bay Packers officials have met with running back Aaron Jones, the scouting combine, hopes of reaching an agreement on a salary cap cut that would make the final year of his contract more to their liking. So to pause read to pause the reading for a sec. I didn't really know that they were going to try to negotiate a pay cut with Aaron Jones. I knew he was under contract for one year more year. Maybe they extend him a little bit or do something. This is the first I'm hearing of the Packers trying to work out a pay cut with Aaron Jones. Okay, moving along. According to a source, the Packers and agent Drew Rosenhaus are trying to get to a number that would satisfy the team's desire to lower his salary cap number. How they would reduce the salary cap number remains to be seen. And here's the kicker. If the two can't reach an agreement in the next two weeks, the Packers could release him and hope whatever they are offering isn't matched on the open market, but they would risk losing him to another team. I'd like to avoid that. I would, I would like to avoid that option. Because how often, how often, this happens all the time in sports. It's like, player has been released by team, uh, but they could always bring him back at a lower salary cap number. We talked about this, what, two weeks ago? When Brandon Woodruff was brought back. That's why the Brandon Woodruff reunion or return was unlikely, at least in my point of view. Because players always get released, and fans and media members, we always say, well, they could bring him back at a lower number. But they never do, right? When teams release players or let their contracts expire, it's for the most part because the team feels pretty okay with that player leaving, right? If the Packers have to release Aaron Jones, he's probably not coming down. Well, I don't know, but the, 
The connection between Aaron Jones and the Packers is very strong. He talked about his commitment after the season. Like, I'm under contract for one more year. Of course I want to be back. And Brian Gutekinds is like, oh, absolutely, we want that guy back. And now I guess they're having a hiccup over money. If I was Aaron Jones, I wouldn't be too keen on a pay cut. Look at the look at how I just played down the stretch. Aaron Jones could make the argument that next to Jordan Love, he was the biggest reason that they were in the playoffs, that they strung together all those wins, and they beat the Cowboys, and they beat the Bears and the Vikings down the stretch. He had how many straight 100-yard performances? Four or five? He was brilliant. So I could understand why him and his representation, especially Drew Rosenhaus, who's a little bit of a Scott Boris light, right? I, I'm not saying that he's Scott Boris, but it, Rosenhaus kind of you know, does whatever needs to be done to get his guy money. Now, I'm, I'd be interested to see how Aaron Jones, because I don't think Aaron Jones wants to leave. I don't think he wants to play anywhere else. So Drew Rosenhaus could be like, we're going to go hit the market. And Aaron Jones is like, okay, I get why you're saying that, but also, like, I have to intervene here. Maybe I don't know. I didn't think that this was in the cards. I didn't think they were going to be negotiating a pay cut. So something to follow. News from the Combine today. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Matt from Cross Plains. How are Matt you? in Cross Plains. We've heard from Black Earth and now Cross Plains. We're getting the whole area of the state west of Madison. I like this a lot. Ooh, ooh, am I getting people from uh, the, uh, you know, the creator uh, Cross Plains area to call in? Is that, is that what's going on? I keep <laughs> well, talking what, to people on there. Like, who's Matt from Cross Plains? What, what, is, what constitutes the greater Cross Plains area? Please enlighten well, me. Pro- Probably Black Earth, Mesomania, Bone Rock, and Spring Green, my friend. Okay, okay. Yeah, we heard from yeah. Matt in Black Earth yesterday. Now we have Matt in Cross Plains. I'm glad your area of the state is well represented. All right, well, we got, you know, the Driftless area. Yeah, Driftless Highway 14, right? Yeah, exactly. You, you know all about that. Oh, but I do. I think what the, the Packers are doing here with this Aaron Jones thing is, you know, they're just setting themselves up to sign a, at least one or two high-profile free agents is what I'm, what I'm getting at, I guess. Um, you think so? That on top of uh, today's news of Brian Gutekunst uh, getting back into drafting quarterbacks uh, like Ron Wolf. I don't know if you read that article, but that was pretty interesting. Um, just about how, you know, he knew Brett Favre wasn't going to miss a game, but he had to CYA cover your, you know, what, uh, with drafting quarterbacks uh, like Ty Detmer and Mark Brunel and uh, whoever else he drafted. But I think Aaron Brooks. Oh, Aaron Brooks. There you go. That was the second yeah, Aaron yeah. Brooks mention we've got tonight. So, I love this. Yeah. So, you know, I just think uh, I think that's what we're doing with Aaron Jones here. We're asking him if he's going to take a pay cut. If he wants to be in for the long haul, we're going to sign, you know, we're going to use that money to, you know, be a player in the big market free agents. And uh, we'll go from there. And if I were Aaron Jones, that would kind of suck. But, you know, I think he would succeed in a lot of other systems, too. And that's the... Uh, the chance you take by putting them out there if, uh, if that's what you do and letting another team possibly sign them. It's quite a staring match because the Packers have reasons to ask him to take less money, but Aaron Jones has all the reasons to say why. I just was awesome down the stretch, and I was a huge part of this team when I was healthy and I was a veteran, but the Packers could say, yeah, but you're aging, and you had injury issues. So they, this could be st- quite a staring contest, and both sides would probably feel as though the other side is to blame for a divorce, where it's like the Packers yeah, would be yeah. like, are, are you really going to let $2 million be the reason you leave Green Bay? And then Aaron Jones would say, no, you are. You're going to be the reason that $2 million is the reason I leave Green Bay. So it, I think both sides have a legit gripe here. Yeah, for sure. And Aaron Jones is, you know, for as much as Lafleur 
forgot about him. He doesn't have a lot of uh, carries on his legs, honestly. He could work them a lot harder, I think, than uh, they actually do. You know, they finesse him so much that, you know, I think he's, you know, going to be, he, he could be a, more of a work, workhorse is what I'm saying. Could so be. I think, uh, I think we don't do that with him. He's a vital part of the team, and uh, we give him what he wants. That's, that's what I'm saying. What, what, what do you think is more likely? Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon agrees to take a below-market-value return of money this year to come back and be on the Packers. A.J. Dillon would have to get a brand-new contract. Aaron Jones would probably just have to reduce his number for the upcoming year. What do you feel like is more likely? Yeah. I mean, I love the mayor of Door County, but I don't see a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, suitors for him, honestly. So I think, I think it would be more likely, unfortunately, if if the Packers are like, hey, A.J. Dillon, here's a pay cut. Do you want to stay with us? Of course, he's going to take it. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get much more on the, the, the market. The Packers so. might not be interested in paying A.J. Dillon a penny more than the vet minimum. You know what I mean? Like, no. A.J. Dillon might come no. to the Packers and be like, hey, I, like, I want to sign a, a two-year deal for $6 million, you know, two $3 million a year, like Jamal Williams 2.0 with the Lions or with the Saints. And the Packers are like, like vet minimum or, or bust here, buddy. And, and at that point, I feel like A.J. AJ Dillon would have to go somewhere else. Like, dude, you, this is probably your last chance at a contract. you got to go get it. Yeah, you got to go find it, definitely. And, hey, on another note, are you and uh, Vagabond John going to the game tomorrow? No, I, I, leave for, I leave for oh, Arizona tomorrow team. afternoon, yeah. Uh, well, that's too bad. Maybe maybe Vagabond John, if you're listening, uh, I'm available to go to the game at noon tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Anybody, anybody else? <laughs> yeah. I just, I just got done hitting golf balls with uh, the Maytag man, Zach. So uh, we were striping on that Vitens for a little bit, uh, getting our game on. Looking forward to the uh, zone golf outing in the uh, summer here. You were, you were right around the corner for me at Vitens today. There is this house uh, with the backyard that bumps up right to Vitens. And it is like, I don't want to describe exactly where it is, but I, like, I drove by yesterday because I had to run some errands in the middle of the day. I want to live in this house. There's a house right off Vitens that I... I, I want to I want to live in there, uh, and I'm I'm gonna look into I'm gonna look into this house. I, I I'm in no it's position to buy a house, but I yeah. I think I found my dream house. Yeah, what a what a place to live. Your your house is getting hit by a golf ball. Hopefully not. Mm. Not not any for me. I was I was only hitting about two two twenty five today. So gotta gotta man up a little. Man up a little on the course. All right, I'm gonna move along. You have anyway, a good weekend, Sean, okay, Matt? Yeah, you too, Grant. Have a good one. See you. Matt in Cross Plains. There's this house, and I I don't know what decade it is. And no, I don't read like good housekeeping. All right. Like, I don't know if good housekeeping would actually have a lot of things on houses. I feel like good housekeeping is more of like what goes on in the house. But there's this house right by Vitens and it's kind of up on the hill and it's it's built in a way that reminds me of uh, my grandpa's old house. Um, the, the, the wood on the outside, the coloring. And I, I don't know. I don't know what decade it is. Maybe I'll have to ask my mom and dad when like. I need a time frame for when my grandpa's house was built because that would help put me in the ballpark. And then I could like look up when the like 1960s design houses and like they, there is a house that just spiritually screams my name right over by Vitens. And I've been thinking about it yesterday is when I saw it. I've been thinking about it ever since. Back to A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. I wish that both guys would have been healthy all year, although maybe A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones, maybe Aaron Jones was that much better at the end of the year because he got to rest. I think of Brooke Lopez in 2021, basically went the whole season without playing basketball because he had back surgery. 
And then at the end of the year and in the playoffs, he was great. And then the next year, he was fantastic because he had just basically spent an entire year on the bench resting. His legs were fresher. Like the year after, he missed all that time was so great. And different time window, different sport, different schedule. But I think the I think the same applies to Aaron Jones. You could say that he was so dynamic like week 15 on because he barely played it all for the first two-thirds of the season. I do, however, for the sake of A.J. Dillon, kind of wish that Aaron Jones would have been healthy last year. I don't think that A.J. Dillon is some superstar Derrick Henry 2.0 type running back, but I think he does have utility, and I think he fits in a game script, and I think he has skills that can help a team win a game, but he can't be the number one guy. I'm not really convinced he can be the traditional number two guy either. But I think if the Packers play this whole season with a healthy Aaron Jones and a healthy A.J. Dillon and maybe like a like a Brandon Jackson type like third third running back, which could be Patrick Taylor. But Patrick Taylor like situationally was terrible this year, like would go down in bounds when he needed to get out of bounds and just all these mistakes. You kind of need your third down running back, your your third string guy to kind of be nails situationally, especially in passing situations and half situations, that type of thing. I wish we would have seen A.J. Dillon in the environment that the Packers kind of had in mind when they drafted him. Although, like, I don't know, maybe the Packers got what they deserved a little bit because if you're drafting a running back in the second round, I think that guy needs to have feature back potential. And I don't know that that was the situation with A.J. Dillon. I would have liked to see how it looked all year. As the offensive line figured it out, as the wide receivers and Jordan Love got it going, I would have liked to see that backfield with both guys. I just would like to see what it looked like. I don't know if it would have been anything crazy, but... I think our opinion would maybe be just a little bit higher of A.J. Dillon if that had been the case. 608-321-1670. We'll take a call, then we'll take a break. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Ridge Runner Mark, how we doing, sir? Ridge Runner Mark, I tell you what, there are some houses up in the bluffs of lacrosse that I would love. I think of, um, oh, shoot, where is it? It's more on the south side. There are there are houses as the as the road winds up the bluffs. There's, like, houses built into the side of the hill. Do you, you know the road? Yeah. Oh, what road am I? It would be a nightmare in the winter, but God, that'd be a cool place to live. Yeah, you're talking like Bliss Road. It's yes. got a couple. Or even going up Highway 33, you can see off to the left there, um, uh, or Pamel Creek Road. Pamel uh, Creek, that's it. Like, yep, 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 that's the one. The, the challenge you run into is is exactly those roads. Those people had no thought when they built that house, well, what's the winter going to be like? You're freezing now, more freezing rain. You're not leaving that driveway. You're stuck at home. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I get you, though. There's some beautiful houses around here. God. Talking about running backs, um, is the conversation kind of swirling around? Are we not going to keep AJ? Are we not going to keep Aaron? Should we keep one? Should we not keep either? Is that kind of uh, – because I, I just hopped in the car. So what are your thoughts on what the what the narrative is so far on these two running backs? Is it well, that we're gonna lose or? I think AJ Dillon is going to leave. Unless he really loves Green Bay. Like, he's got to love Green Bay a lot because this is probably his only shot to get a nice contract. Even if it's two years, $4 million, right? Like, it's kind of the the same price tag that Jamal Williams got when he left Green Bay. It's not, like, $30 million, but it's a lot more than he's going to get in Green Bay. I also, like, I kind of think A.J. Dillon has to go somewhere to get the most money that he can. Um, With Jones, I don't know. The Packers are going to want him to take a pay cut, but, like... Aaron Jones holds a lot of cards here. He's like, look how great I was down the stretch and how important I was. Right. But he is kind of a team player, and he has taken, quote-unquote, team-friendly deals in the past, very recently, in fact. Um, 
about money or how much you're going to pay, the main reason why I would keep both of them is because they are just the right amount of veterans on an offensive side of the ball that's got a, still a lot of younger players. I mean, I think of the, the, the dropped ball. I can't remember if it was Jaden Reed or who it was, but he's walking off the field with his head down, and Aaron Jones is right in front of him and picks his head up and looks him in the eye. I don't know if he said anything to him or not because they're wearing helmets, but it's like having those guys in the locker room, and this kind of harkens back to Aaron Rodgers saying, well, you got to have good quality guys in the locker room. Well, you know, he's not wrong. He just – Aaron Rodgers just kind of dragged that out longer than he needed to and wasn't willing to learn new new people. Sure. Well, and, and here's the thing. You can – Aaron Rodgers thought that in order to win, you needed a really, really tight locker room right, where the vibes were really good and guys got along. And I think there's some truth to that. I also think that if you get the best players possible and you win games, the good vibes will follow, right? Like, you, you need to right. win games to create good vibes, and then the good vibes make it easier to win more games. I Like, you yeah. do always need to prioritize the best players. The thing about Aaron Jones, and this is why I think it's so important they keep him, is he has so many great leadership qualities and vibes that, yeah. that, that you love, yeah. and he's a great player that fits really well. You just got to keep him really, at any at all cost. Right, and I think that if we have a really good, you know, a really good system going where, you know, Matt LaFleur is feeling it, Jordan Love's feeling it, we might actually see some more creativity in using A.J. Dillon in running plays that suit him more as opposed to trying to shoehorn him into the same running plays that Aaron Jones just excels at because they are two different body types. They've got two different strengths. But I think there's room for A.J. Dillon to kind of be that back to kind of spell Aaron Jones and kind of mix things up, which I know LaFleur loves to do. He loves to run different plays out of the same look. So if you truly can run different plays out of the same look and then you add on to the fact, well, they've got A.J. Dillon in there, oh, wait, now what are they doing? And keep the defense on their heels even more? I really think that's a good a good tandem. Um, but I really think the, the just veteran enough but not too old that they've got tired wheels. Sure. What those two running backs will bring to the table. What I would love is if the Packers, like I'd be okay using one of the second or one of the third round picks on a running back. I want them to get a guy that can be dynamic and explosive and, and kind of do all the things that AJ Dillon couldn't do because I look, the ability to run the football can't hinge on Aaron Jones staying healthy because when he got hurt last right. year, they simply didn't have a running game. And Matt LaFleur's running game is too good. And, and running right. the football is half of the offense. You can't risk half of your offense just on, a, on you know, an age 30 guy staying healthy. I got to run, Ridge Runner Mark. You have an awesome weekend. Yeah. Enjoy it up there in the bluffs. It should be a beautiful weekend. Man. Appreciate Later. your calls. Always, yeah, Ridge Runner Mark. Be well. Thanks for listening on the mighty WKTY as uh, Mike Byers, the Wist Texan, said earlier on Bill Schultz. Take a three-minute break. Got to take a break. If you're on hold, I'll get to you on the other side. Three minutes. We're back. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show, loaded phone lines, 608-321-1670. I'm going to get back to your calls here in just a minute. Two stories that I've talked about so far on the show. These are kind of the two big stories of the day. Nationally, big picture with the Combine, Caleb Williams spoke today. And I thought for the most part he was fine. 
I think people are going to see what they want to see with Caleb Williams. If you think he is a cocky, head case, coastal elite quarterback, you can see it, right? You can, you can watch his questions and answers today and see what you want to see. I'm kind of right down the middle. I thought he did fine. I didn't think any of his answers were totally nuts. I would have concerns about how he handled adversity in college. Look, it's no shame that they went whatever it was, eight and five, like whatever. Sometimes seasons go sideways. You're not going to win every game. The problem is with some of these high profile athletes that have been the number one recruit their whole life and the more ta- most talented player their whole life, right? The problem with those players is they're not used to losing. Kyler Murray is the same way. Like he went his entire high school career, never lost a game. Oklahoma barely ever lost a game. And then you get to the NFL, you're drafted to a team that's not a contender. Then the Bears are better than most teams with the number one overall pick. And you're going to need to go through some adversity and some growing pains and some losses. You got to handle it like an adult, right? You can't completely melt down and lose your cool after losses. And Caleb Williams did that a little bit in college. That would be my my only, or I should say only, you know, you have concerns about just about every prospect translating to the next level, but that would be my number one thing. And I'd want to try to square that away in interviews. Like if I was a Bears exec or scout, I'd want to talk to him about that. A Packers story is I guess they're negotiating a pay cut or trying to negotiate a pay cut with Aaron Jones. And Tom Silverstein reported today that if two can't reach an agreement in the next two weeks, the Packers could release him and hope whatever they are offering isn't matched on the open market, but they would risk losing him to another team. That's not like direct from a Packers source. This is what they would do. That's Tom using decades of experience following an NFL team to kind of say, well, this is what could happen if they're not able to kind of meet into the middle or one side's not willing to to push or to shove or budge one way or another. 608-321-1670. We could talk about those two stories, whatever else you want to cover before we part ways for the weekend. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Eric on I-90. Eric on I-90. What's going on? Beautiful day. Hard charging. Coming at you on a Friday. Never miss a Friday show. I love that. Yeah. I was kind of hoping tonight that you would try to find some obscure story to steer the conversation to how great the Green Bay Packers are and how great things are going. No, 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 no. In fact, we we got running back issues. I can be accurate and honest about Uh, my own team. We got some things to figure out. Today. Today we got some issues. You know, I don't know if that's even remotely true, but, you know, the Packers then I would have to say, uh, you know, here I'm putting my general manager hat on. Um, These running backs, they've got a certain number of carries that they get to, and these teams go, it's not going to last much longer. So it might be smart on the Green Bay Packers to consider this. And listen, he had a great season. I, listen, I don't think that they, I don't think they are the juggernaut at the end of the season that they were without him having fresh legs and being ready to go. But boy, it was that one run in that San Francisco game. He, he's his hammy kind of sweet, didn't it? I am not sure. I would have to go back. Uh, the one where he went like eighty-five yards but didn't score. Yeah, score. Yeah, I was like, so I mean, he should have right. I'm going to say six out of ten running backs are gone. They're not. Nobody's catching them. Interesting. Right? He was gone. He was gone, right? So, I mean, I think I think he's, you know, he's he's probably, maybe he's got another year in him. Maybe he doesn't. So, I don't know. Well. You can pick up Alexander Madison. Yeah, I was, 
I was going to say the Vikings. The Vikings know a thing or two about releasing running backs. They've done it to their assumed number one guy in back-to-back off seasons. I don't know. I think Aaron Jones wants to stay in Green Bay. I don't think he wants this. Yeah, I don't think he wants this to play out in a way where these two parties part ways. I don't think he's interested in that. But also, like he's probably not going to get another big contract. And he's set to make uh, how many million dollars this year? I can't remember. Um, I got it here. He's set to earn a base salary of $11 million, uh, with bonuses, you know, a couple hundred thousand here and there. That's a lot of money, but it's probably his last nice yearly payday before he starts playing on shorter-term deals or doing less as he goes into his 30s. So I get it. I do. Right. Yeah, I do. I, you know, and I really don't know if I think that I would not, if I was, if I was him, I would take whatever the Packers are offering. That's his best chance to have another good year. I, I just think. But, and then, so quarterbacks, I think I think my beloved Minnesota Vikings are going to draft a quarterback. I think they're going to move up and draft early. That's what I think. Who should they get? Now, you said you're doing some draft research. Grant, I do, who should they get? I do keep saying it. I have yet to act on it. But trust me, the motivation is there for me to be a draft guy this year. I don't know. I would assume, let, let's say that two of those top three teams, Washington, Chicago, New England. I think two of those three, right. two of those three teams will take a quarterback. All three should, right. but there's going to be one of those teams because they're all dumb teams. Sorry, Bears fans. One of those right. three teams is going right. to convince themselves they're okay with Sam Howell. They're okay with Mac Jones. So there's going to be a little wiggle room if Atlanta, although they might be interested in Justin Fields or Russell Wilson, or maybe Minnesota wants to jump up, you would probably be talking about the third choice of Williams, May, and Daniels. Maybe Daniels, maybe May, depends. J.J. McCarthy, can I interest you in J.J. McCarthy, Eric on I-90? Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. Those would probably be two names that may be a little bit more realistic for the Vikings. I kind of like Drake's coffee cakes. I like that guy. Who? Drake's coffee cakes. Who is that? There's a Drake, isn't there? Oh, Drake May? Yeah, sorry. Drake May. God bless America. Uh, you like I Drake May. Well, I got really, uh, other than other than his height and his weight, and um, that he's uh, projected as a third, the third pick. He's built like a house. I, I think he's going to be the third quarterback. I think Daniels, I think his stock is going to go up, and I think, you know, conversely, I think May's stock is going to drop a little bit. So I think what the Vikings are going to do, because I think they're going to really try to get Kirk Cousins back, and it's in Kirk Cousins' best interest, not a short-term deal. Um, and I can see why they're not going to guarantee him one, right? Yeah. you got to pull the Emmy. No, you got to worse than that. you got to blow an Achilles. Pop goes the weasel. You don't, you know, anything can happen there. He's not no spring chicken either. But, you know, he's third. He's third in touchdown thrown. In the NFL, since he's been playing third in that time frame. I just don't know. So, Eric, you've given me, there's a lot of meat on this bone, and I want to keep talking about it. I'm going to let you go because I got loaded phone lines, and I want to make sure some other people get in here. Okay. Have a great weekend, and good luck out in Arizona. (laughs) Thank you. We'll talk soon, Eric. Hard charging, as he said. Here's here's the, the struggle, Eric, right, is... I like the idea or would like the idea if I was a Vikings fan of bringing back Kirk Cousins short term and taking a quarterback as soon as possible to sit under him for a year or two. The problem is 
that if the Vikings draft, say, Bo Nix, who might be a quarterback that's available later in the draft, he's kind of ready to go. He's played a ton of college ball. He's not very raw. J.J. McCarthy, he's not a raw athlete needing to be refined. He's someone that's played a lot of ball and is ready to go. So the quarterbacks available to the Vikings, or the quarterbacks we assume will be available, unless the Vikings want to get nuts and like go to pick number one or two, which I don't think they'll do. But if they want to get someone and maybe move up to like five, six, seven, it's going to be Penix, who's played a ton of ball. J.J. McCarthy, who's played a lot of ball. Bo Nix, who's played a lot of ball. Like, those quarterbacks are not perfect candidates to sit behind Kirk Cousins or to sit behind a bridge quarterback for a year. So they could take a rookie, tank, or, or you know, lose whatever games they need to lose and build up the team. I, I don't know. The Vikings are in an awkward middle ground, which you could, you know, say about the Vikings for basically my whole lifetime, really outside of the far years. 608-321-1672. Callers on hold. So the caller that I'm not currently going to, I promise I'll get to you next. Don't drop off. I'll make it worth your while. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hey, Grant. It's Coyote Mike. Coyote Colorado. Mike. Friday night Mike. Fins up, fins oh. up Mike. <laughs> hey, that's right. Fins up. Uh, I think the Viking. I don't I don't see a problem with making one of those quarterbacks for a year if it was behind Cousins. You you could do that, but what's the payoff? Uh, a year, maybe. Do you think do you think the quarterback that's going to sit? Do you think Bo Nix is going to get markedly better for having sat behind Kirk Cousins? I don't I don't think so. Like Jordan Love was raw; he needed time, right? I don't know that time is going to be as beneficial for some of these other prospects. That would be my concern. And then you're just spending money on Kirk Cousins. I, I don't know. We we keep hearing about how how much different the pro game is to the college, even. Even some of those college guys, those teams that are, you know, elite, these guys come in and it's just a whole different ball game. I mean, no pun intended, but I, I don't see a problem with them sitting for a year. Yeah, you, know? you could. Kirk Cousins probably isn't going to want a one-year deal unless no, no, unless he thinks he can yeah. come back, prove it, and then get another deal. This is probably going to be Kirk's last contract. And Kirk has never shown throughout his career. We don't have one example of Kirk taking anything less than top dollar which I respect. That's right. Right. That's always been That's his right. deal. I, I don't know why that would stop now. Yeah. You know, and then as far as Aaron Jones, God, I, uh, you know, you, you remember when uh, Gutekunst had his uh, press conference and they asked him about Aaron Jones and he, without hesitation, he said, absolutely. We want, we want him back. So I, I can't see the Packers making a mistake and letting him get away. You know, I, I, even if he, he might fall off, drop off a little bit, I, I hope not. But even then, I think his value to the team. Yes. And yes, uh, yes, yes. The, the other team, uh, the other player's got to look at that and says, well, hey, you know, Brian Goodekun said that they absolutely want him back. Now they want to dick him around for uh, salary. And he's already taken at least one pay cut. I thought maybe he took another pay cut the year before. Well, but, He's restructured. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know because, you know, there's a difference between a pay cut and a restructure yeah, or, right. you know, adding a void. There's lots of different ways to move money around. The reason why I would love Aaron Jones back next year, even if it's just for one more year, is I think the Packers are going to draft a running back or two. They kind of got to rebuild yeah. that position. And how great would it be for those guys to be able to play with Aaron Jones for a year or two before they're expected to be a number one NFL back? It'd be so great. What do you, what do you, some people have mentioned Packers taking Braylon Allen. What would you think about him? I yeah. I don't know. No, no. I, it's, <laughs> you know, I, I wish yeah, nothing but the time. best. I, I don't want him. It's, yeah. It feels a lot yeah. like AJ Dillon 2.0. Yeah. And uh, just a quick 
note on the Brewers, it's really nice to have a manager who's who wants to talk and act talk upbeat and talk to the talk to the media and the fans and get everybody fired up instead of some stoic condescending guy who sits behind the the desk and just kind of mumbles. Yeah. You know, Benedict Council, that's what I call him. Yeah, and it's so. been nice to follow Pat Murphy. I'm excited to talk with him next week. I'm gonna have so much audio next week. Yeah. Uh next so week's gonna be awesome. You're you said you're stopping through Denver? I well I have to. I'm stopping in the airport. That that will be the extent uh-huh. of my my travels in Colorado. Yeah. Oh. Are you gonna have a long layover? I think it's just like an hour and a half, which is perfect. Oh. Stretch my legs, take a pee. I don't like to be yeah. rushed. I don't like the anxiety. Well, I would think I'd stop out and see you and buy a couple beers, but you'd have to go through security back and forth. You want to come? You want to come get drunk in the airport? If you want to, <laughs> you could buy a ticket and then just not go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, like Kramer and George. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just go hang out at the airport. So, uh, well, well um, anyway, I'll, I know you got callers, so that's all I wanted to chime in. Have a good trip, and then uh, are you going to be doing Bill's show too, or just yours? I'll be doing hits on Bill's show. Like, I'll be checking in. I won't be in studio. Um, but I also book Bill's guests. Should I just book myself, like, every day, uh-huh. twice a day? Should I just fill his whole show with me? <laughs> uh, I will be on Bill's show. I won't be in studio, but I'll be I'll be present next week. Put it that way. Yep. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, I'm going to give Mike. a shout-out to uh, Ridge Runner Mark. I just want to say, uh, it sounds like he knows what he might remember the Ridgeview Inn. So oh, yeah, he next would. Next time he's on, if he can... Uh, mention that that'd be cool Hell i think he yeah. knows a couple of my friends back there yeah, so. marks an og appreciate you hey have a yeah. good weekend mike we'll talk in a week or so see you grant thank you yeah you got it friday night mike all right one more call then we got to take a break 608-321-1670 wisco sports show who's this hey tony from texas hey, tony. i guess coyote mike coyote mike must not be a john wayne fan you, you were talking about the john wayne airport he's ripping on council for being stoic and not saying much well it was a different era. John John Wayne would not be a movie star today. John Wayne does not have the charisma. He's a presence, but I wouldn't say he's charismatic. And I love John Wayne movies, but those are a different era. He's, he's no Liam Neeson. I got you, Grant. No, no, hey, no. Hey, in, in 2014, there was a certain Wisconsin Badger quarterback that came out by the name of Bo Callahan mm-hmm. in the movie Draft Day. I got I got very Caleb Williams type of vibes with this this start. For Bo those Callahan. for those who haven't seen that movie and don't understand the reference, please explain. Well, Bo Callahan, University of Wisconsin quarterback, hot shot in the draft, looked great. Everyone thought he was the next coming, but then you go behind the scenes and he's not a great teammate, kind of out for himself. Not many people like him. Mm. And then the Cleveland Browns with the first pick and Kevin Costner, they select the linebacker out of Ohio State's first pick. So I'm not saying the Bears are going to do that, but – yeah, the Caleb Williams. I, I, the vibes are weird with that dude. I don't know. I think you, if you if you think the vibes are weird, you're going to listen to him and hear weird vibes. Like I, I think for the most part, it was a pretty normal interview. I think, but I'm just seeing it through my computer screen. I wasn't there, so I maybe I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt where he doesn't deserve it. I don't know. I didn't think anything of Caleb Williams off the field until he started crying after a game. Then it got my attention like a sixth grade little girl. There's there's Uh, nothing wrong with being emotional, but you need to be able to take a loss with grace as a leader of a football team and as a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Hey, I know you're talking about the pack and and they got to resign Jones or keep Jones. That's for sure. But I did want to dive into bucks really quick. I I think they're playing good ball and I think they've turned the corner. They got a game tonight. Maybe they'll disappoint me, but 
This Doc Rivers hire has turned around her season. You want to comment on that? Well, he's an adult. He's done that. He's a pro. He's a, he's a coach. He knows what he's doing. I don't think he's the best coach in the world, but he's coached a lot of ball and he knows how to juggle personalities and establish veteran players. I did that with Boston, did that with the Clippers. He didn't win a championship Mm -hmm. with the Clippers or the Sixers, but he managed big personalities. Guys, you've been in the league a long time. That's a skill. That's hard for a first time head coach to do. Adrian Griffin. I agree. I agree. The defense, though, they're they're flying around and they're also moving the ball. Mm-hmm. popping that ball around. So I've, I've been impressed with Doc and the Bucks. You know, it's 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 early still. It's still regular season, but loving what I'm seeing. Hey, do you got two minutes left or a minute? Yeah, I got a minute left. Yeah. Hey, minute. you know what? You've had a rough week with the callers, Grant. I, I kid you around a little bit, but <laughs> I, I, I love your callers. So that's I why too. I got to defend them. I, I got to power rank my favorite callers. Not saying they're the best callers, but Tony from Texas's favorite callers, okay? All right, hit me. Number five. Okay. Well, this is who didn't make the list. Big Ron, I love you. You're my West Dallas guy. You didn't make it. Uh, Dan from Broadhead, love your Chicago takes. I actually like you. And then Ridge Runner, you didn't make the cut. I don't know why, but you didn't make it. All right, okay. Well, it's a, t- it's, a, it's, it's a deep class that we have here. Okay. It is. This is, this is a very strong draft class. Hey, uh, Vagabond John, number five. The guy is always on the run. He's refereeing. He's, he's going to games. He might give you business advice. When, when Vagabond Johnson, I listen. Don't always agree, but I listen. I'm paying All right. attention. Number five. All right. The aforementioned Eric from I-90. He's our Vikings insider. If you get past the whole Fargo accent and the G shucks, the guy makes sense on a lot of stuff. He does. He does. He does. You're correct. All right. Yeah. Hey, number three is a, a, a peer of ours, Cone Roller. Cone, <laughs> smart, peer. articulate, knows his stuff, wears a paper bag over his head for some reason. Cone roller, number three. Okay. Number two is just shot up the, the rankings with me. This guy, I wish he was my real uncle. Uncle Packer. I love Uncle Packer. There's a lot of love for Uncle Packer. He calls like maybe once a week, too. It's not like his presence is that strong. But people love that guy. Yeah. And not only does he know the Packers, he knows other things, too. He was breaking down basketball and brewers. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, wow, Uncle Packer. And number one, this guy... I don't care what his voice is. If he's sick, he could be in the hospital. Clemhead Mike, what a trooper. Wow. This is what the, the, the Wisco Sports Show is all about. Clemhead Mike, you know, Mike, you can always get younger at that position, if you know what I mean. So, Clemhead Mike, you're my guy, number one. All right, I got to run. I'm, I'm glad we waited to break for that. That was great, Tony. Appreciate you, man. All right. Tony from Texas. Five minutes. We got we to gotta take a break. We're going to run out of time. Wisco Sports Show. We'll be back right after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We still got to get one more break in. We got to listen to some Jimmy Buffett. A lot of boxes we got to check during tonight's show. I leave for spring training tomorrow. And last year was my first time there. We did the show live from American Family Field to Phoenix. And we had some guests on, some interviews, some audio from the Bruce Clubhouse. There was a lot of audio and a lot of conversations that I had last year at spring training. This didn't fit into the show. You know what I mean? It's like, well, we could build a whole segment around, I don't know, like 
what air like Aaron Ashby is rehabbing his shoulder. Can we do a whole segment out of that? So what I've decided this year is we're going to talk about the Brewers every day, and it'll help this year because we won't have a bunch of Aaron Rodgers drama kind of driving the show. I'm going to talk about the Brewers every day, but I'm going to save a lot of the audio and a lot of the stories for Friday of next week because the Brewers play Friday afternoon, and that's going to cover up some of the show. So I sat down with Ebo. I said, here's what I want to do. I'm going to spend all week putting together a special feature to run on Friday from five to six. It'll be out in podcast form too, obviously. Very similar to the uh, Paige Sporanic feature that ran last year. And I have the, the promo. I would like to play this for you now. This will air one week from tonight, next Friday at five o'clock or wherever you find the podcast, if that's how you listen, right? This is, uh, this is what next week is going to be all about. I'm just going to play it and, well, you'll get the gist. Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, it's not the destination, it's the journey. You've probably seen that quote displayed on a placard above a window in a friend's kitchen or maybe on the wall of your favorite coffee shop. And while I think that quote holds a lot of truth, let's be honest, the destination is pretty important too. I mean, after all, you travel west to hike up a mountain. You travel to Florida or California to sit on a beach. Now, the destination of the 2024 Milwaukee Brewers remains unclear, but the journey so far has been a wild one. A frustrating wildcard exit versus the Diamondbacks, the departure and return of Brandon Woodruff, the arrival of Reese Hoskins, and the swift trade of Corbin Burns. And of course, the exodus of a hometown hero, a manager that lost our community in an effort to find a new challenge in Chicago. With Pat Murphy now at the helm, the stage is set for a new era of Brewers baseball. Now this is where our journey begins. A physical, literal journey to American family fields of Phoenix, and a spiritual, intellectual journey to answer questions like, is Jackson Churio the next Bryce Harper or the next Scott Kingery? Can Ryan Braun play first base? Wait, that's an old one. Can Sal Freelich play second base? Can the pitching lab fix D.L. Hall? Can the catching lab fix Gary Sanchez? And most importantly of all, can I affirm myself as an established clubhouse presence? For I fear without a credential, a jaded attitude, and an understanding of press box etiquette, I can't even begin to answer those aforementioned baseball questions. Emerson said that the journey is what matters, not the destination. So for the next hour... Forget about opening day, win totals, and future playoff possibilities. This is the story of the journey. From the Wisco Sports Show studios, this is Cactus League Community, a spring training story. We take the community to Arizona next week. I'm very excited getting lots of audio and why I'm excited to do this show instead of, you know, breaking down audio and talking about spring training every day is this show will go wherever the week takes it. So just kind of depending on what happens Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that will be the show. Weird, wild, bored, whatever next week is, it will be reflected in next Friday's show. So I wanted to play that for you. Mark your calendar down for next Friday. You're not missing a Friday show anyways, right? We would never, you never miss a Friday show. Uh, but I'm looking forward to working on that and uh, and spending a lot of time around the Brewers facility and the clubhouse and Players, Pat Murphy, the whole lot. Our friend Kurt Hogue's going to be down there. Very, very excited to chum it up with him again uh, and learn more about uh, being an established clubhouse presence, what it takes, uh, what's needed for me. Let's wrap up the show. Listen to some Jimmy Buffett next. 
This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We're going around the world tonight, Parrothead. Wisco Sports Show fins up. It's Friday. Wheels up tomorrow. I am headed to Arizona. I'm going to chime in with Bill throughout the week. Let him know the latest. What's going on down there at spring training and in Arizona. And I hope to bring you good coverage throughout the week. But a lot of the things that I see and record and write down, they're going to go into a big feature, a special presentation of the Wisco Sports Show, a feature presentation from the Wisco Sports Show studios. We'll air next Friday, and we post it if you're a podcast listener. And I can't wait to pour so many hours into that thing next week. I am amped. Uh, I'll post pictures. Follow me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. The Facebook page as well. Like it. Follow along next week. Have an awesome weekend. I will talk to you Monday night. What can we say? Thank you all very much. You sure make a, a boy from Mississippi feel right at home in Wisconsin. Thank you all.